0: What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your
1: morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we're going to talk about the Detroit Tigers along the way of me talking about all 30 starting pitching rotations in the majors. Check out these podcasts every single day on the Pitchless Podcast Network. And of course, at the Plus Pitch Podcast, make sure you subscribe to your favorite one and leave a rating or review on iTunes. They go a long way for us. If you're unaware, I'm recording these in early December, so I don't know all of the signings and all the trades and stuff, but I will say with the Detroit Tigers, oh boy, I expect at least one to be made. One signing from, I mean, they don't have much depth, and we're going to talk about all of that. Not to mention, I'm trying to get into the rhythm of doing this. I didn't do it for the Rockies, (laughs) because it's the Rockies, and they go to the Padres for the first four, and then they go to the Dodgers, which is hilarious. But I do want to talk about early season schedule. Why? Because if you are going to pick up or draft any of these, you want it to be a situation where you draft a guy that you want to start the opening weekend. Now the Detroit Tigers are getting the Tampa Bay Rays. Keep that in mind. Maybe for some Matt Manning, I think I would start Eduardo Rodriguez for that. But I don't know if I want to watch Spencer Turnbull and his start back unless I'm confirmed from for the uh, for spring training, all that stuff. So we'll get into it. But just keep in mind, first three games are against Tampa Bay, and the next three after that are the Astros. So if they are the number four or number five, the Tigers, absolutely not. Do not pick them up for those two starts. Okay. So, I uh, I imagine somebody signs to the Tigers. That would make either Matt Manning or Spencer Turnbull the number four, which would mean that they would get the Astros in the, uh, in the further first start, which would mean I don't want to draft them whatsoever. So, keep that very much in mind if you're going to go after Spencer Turnbull. And 12-teamers, I think you shouldn't go after him. But let's start from the top here as we normally do. Eduardo Rodriguez last year, very odd season. Coming into the year... We were anticipating a very good one because he had all these terrible peripherals, really high BABIP, left on base rate was bad and so on and so forth. And going from Detroit, sorry, from Boston to Detroit where they just signed Baez and they should have a better defense and all of this. And he his strikeout rate to 27%. We were thinking high hopes here. Well, four or five ERA across 91 innings, 133 whip and an 18% K rate. And what happened was A, he got hurt and then went AWOL. And then he came back and guess what? Through his final nine starts of the year... In 2019, the entire season, Eduardo Rodriguez had a 381 ERA with a 133 whip. Guess what he did in those final nine starts? 381 ERA with a 133 whip. It's kind of what Erod is. And watching him a little bit more today on, on Twitch, when I uncovered a bit, I mean, I think we should really just be thinking of Eduardo as one of those Toby types that he's very much about nibbling around the edges. You can see those consistent Eight percent walk rates. That's because he doesn't give in. He doesn't like to throw pitches in the heart of the plate as much as he can. So he's going to throw cutters inside and back door to right-handers and try and get that sinker on the inside corner, or maybe down and away, and then the changeup out of the zone, down and away. It's not at all trying to be in the center of the zone. He really is a nibbler in this way. It's what my old coach used to call being cute, where I would just just throw strikes. Don't try and throw like the perfect pitch every time which I think is silly. You should try and throw better pitches. So that's what Eduardo Rodriguez does, and that generally does work for him. It does keep the ERA around the 3.8, but it doesn't mean the whip goes up because the, the walk rate is not great. And generally his stuff is kind of hittable. The sinker is hittable. The uh, the cutter is hittable. The changeup can be very good. And one thing he did introduce in 2021 was a four-seamer elevated deeper in counts. He had a 15% swing strike rate out of nowhere, and that dropped to way under 10% in 2022 so hopefully that can come back velocity can come back as well given a healthy offseason a reset button for this big contract that eduardo, eduardo rodriguez got i kind of like him for the e to be good and the striker rate to be better but i don't like him for the whip it's always been above 130 and it's really hard to think that he's going to get underneath a 120 threshold that we generally consider being serviceable in fantasy i just don't see such a big jump in that way but if he gets a raise first, I'm okay with that. I'll take a chance, see what happens in that first start. Uh Matt Manning, I really don't like. And you're saying, but Nick, he had a 343 ERA and a 117 whip last year And the same K rate as, as Eduardo Rodriguez at 18.3%. Okay. Uh fastball is the way that things will get good for Matt Manning. He was about 93 in change uh, and then got up to about yeah, sometimes 94. If he's at 95 and above, I think Matt Manning can really push that, that four seamer. But it isn't like a 10% swing strike rate pitch last year. It wasn't. It needs to be like a 12, 13% one. Because the slider, you might say, oh no, it's a 16.7% swing strike rate. And he bumped it up. It's really one start last year where he had 12 whiffs and a 61% CSW against the Giants on his slider. And nothing else was like that the rest of the year. It was, I've seen these starts before from guys where just one night, they just have it better and it's nothing that we should read into. If you remove that game, it's a 13% swing strike rate for the year. I mean, that's how much that one start influenced everything. So I don't really buy into that slider being a legitimate one-two punch with the fastball. Maybe it does. Uh, yeah, I think it's way too boring um, and susceptible to damage. Not to mention, all of these guys are not going to be in the AL Central anymore, or at least the schedules are not going to be as uh, devoted on the AL Central, so be more spread out, right? More balanced schedule. So what that means is that you don't get the Royals to feast on. You don't get the uh, the Guardians to feast on. You don't get I. Uh, I mean, it's the White Sox and the and the Twins who I guess are more average. Fine. The Twins are actually kind of good. So fine. I guess that's not really a point because they are the Tigers. They are the worst one, <laughs> so they don't get the benefit of it. So fine. But yeah. I don't really think Matt Manning is someone you want to be going for in a 12-team at all. Deeper League's okay. He'll get his innings, but ugh, it should be an E-ray before a whip above 120, if you ask me. Uh, Spencer Turnbull is coming back from Tommy John, and I hope he's good. He had a really nice slider that he was throwing uh, 20% of the time in 2020, then pushed up to 25% uh, in that 2021 season before he got Tommy John. Had a no-hitter in that one, which was wild, and he shouldn't. like That was just a crazy day in a game. I want that slider to be a 30-35% uh, usage pitch. I think his four-seamer should be thrown a lot more than a sinker as well. A sinker can get out at times, but this the four-seamer actually had a 13% swing strike rate. And if he comes back from Tommy John and has that velocity, is able to maintain that swing strike rate in the four-seamer while upping up that slider usage, there's something there. Uh, it's just I don't want to go against the Houston Astros with Spencer Turnbull because I do anticipate someone signing to this team because, oh boy, there's no depth. There really isn't. But Turnbull is a really interesting deep 15-teamer option. Uh, if he's not up there in the velocity-wise, if he's down to 93 when we see him return, 92-93, I don't have much faith in Turnbull, unless he really leans into that slider about 35-40% of the time, which we normally don't see. Uh, but that that's the path, I think, for Spencer Turnbull to be a very interesting starter. And then they're like, "What?" Oh, I, I wrote six things for, for guys, and we're going to talk about all six of these after this break. So of the lot... Oh, man, there's something to be said on all of these. Okay, so there's Joey Wentz, who had a 303 ERA, 110 whip, and he's kind of matching that in the AFL right now. uh, And he's getting a little bit of discussion because of that. I watched him against the Orioles, and he has a good cutter. The cutter, I think, is a a solid offering. He can kind of do whatever he wants with it. And I think that's great. (laughs) Good job. His changeup is the interesting one. And I really think that's the make-or-break pitch for him. Because he only threw it 14% of the time this past year. And his command of it was very inconsistent in other starts. But when it's on, ooh, it's a really good right-handed nullifier. And the cutter does excellent against lefties. So if he has both of those pitches that he can then essentially, honestly, interchange is what I would love to do. I'd love to see more change-ups against same-handedness and, and sliders not just being reserved for same-handedness, actually doing opposite-handedness as well. But that's just me. I, I think Joey Wentz can be something if he's able to keep the fastball out of the heart of the zone these are big ifs though and you saw a 10% walk rate from Wentz this year because he was nibbling knowing that his fastball will get hit if it does land in the middle of the zone and the changeup wasn't enough didn't get enough strikes out of it but it's something to monitor if the Tigers are going to lean into this I think he is the most uh, I think he's the most promising of the lot that I'm about to go through so there's Bo Brisky who saw 81 innings this year there's just nothing to chase here like the changeup had a 19% hard contact rate and a close to a 70% strike rate it was too Babbitt-focused. I think it, it wasn't located well enough to be a 203 Babbitt. Uh, I, I just, I think people maybe were sitting too much on the fastball. It's very pedestrian. The slider is, ugh, it's just, he needs to change massively. Bobrisky does not have that, that path. Tyler Alexander doesn't do enough. He really doesn't do enough with what he has. He has a slider and curve that has a big break too, but then it gets destroyed once in the zone. The cutter is everything with him and 14% K-rate, 101 innings, don't do this. Garrett Hill actually has a good changeup, and he doesn't throw it enough. Uh, that That's it with Garrett Hill. Like, if he becomes a 35% changeup guy or something like that, like, it's an Estrada changeup, if you ask me. It floats in beautifully and just keeps falling. But, yeah, you need to set that up better. The slider has moments, but, yeah, I don't like Garrett Hill. Alex Foyet has a fantastic slider. swing strike rate, 33% CSW, yet he had a 164 whip and a 553 ERA across 53 innings. I mean, yeah, it's all about that slider development. Um, If you can find something else, too, that is serviceable, the four-seamer, like, 91 at times, like, no, it's not good. The changeup or not is not good enough either. It's just the slider, which speaks to me more reliever than he does a starter, but we'll see. And Ronnie Garcia is an interesting one. He's a slinger. I mean, he has a pretty low arm angle from the right side. Um, and that creates a lot of movement on his breaking ball. A ton, but it's so hard to command sub 50% strike rate on it, which is so bad. Like, normally I'm like, oh, it's underneath 60%. That's too bad. No, this is 49%. <laughs> like, we want to see if he can get that to be like a 63, 65% strike pitch all of a sudden. There is something to like here. um He had a 23% K rate, 104 whip. He's. Hoping to be effectively wild with it. The fastball, I think, is actually kind of good if he can elevate it. And it keeps it down a little too much because um, it is side-winding in 93-94. There is something to this, but he really needs to get into a rhythm. Um, I'm surprised that we had a 6% walk rate, honestly, because of that low 49% strike rate, but I think that's just because the fastball uh, guys were swinging away at it a lot, um, and he got damaged by it. Uh, but but that's it. I mean, that's the that's the Tiger's All these guys are like, we have so much empty room. (laughs) Sponsored turbos on the, on uh, Tommy John, and we don't have Matthew Boyd anymore. And uh, Casey Mize also could show up by the end of the year. I didn't really write him out because he'll show up in like September or something like that. Um, He's better than these things, but uh, is he a fastball? He's like Cal Quantrill, essentially, is what you want Casey Mize to be. Um, Maybe with a better split or a better third pitch, but. I don't want to chase Casey Mize you like hold him the entire year and you get nothing out of it uh that's it so they're gonna sign somebody I wonder who um and then I'll likely makes Manning the number three Turnbull the number four which means that I do not want to start him against Houston if Turnbull's going against the Rays I would consider it but otherwise no and since I've recorded this podcast about the Detroit Tigers look at this they've made two moves So a lot of the discussion I had about Spencer Turnbull, even Joey Wentz and Matt Manning, uh, Bo Brisky, Tyler Anderson, Garrett Hill, Alex Fajado, Ronnie Garcia, all of this is a little different now, and I apologize for that. Um, It looks to be Eduardo Rodriguez, Matthew Boyd, Michael Lorenzen, Matt Manning, and Spencer Turnbull are the five. I feel pretty good about that. So it would mean, of course, that Turnbull might still get the raise early on. I am curious still about how he performs. Now, with the other guys, uh, Matthew Boyd and Michael Uh they actually should get the Rays. I take that back. Turnbull would be getting the Astros now. Not interested in that, so I think that's more of a wait and see. Um, obviously, same with Matt Manning. Matthew Boyd and Michael Lorenzen might be going against the Rays, and let, let's dive into this a little bit. So, Matthew Boyd is coming back from Tommy John. He did. He pitched for the Mariners a little bit out of the pen. And I uh, fortunately he was sitting ninety two point six, which is good to see. He's around ninety one um, before he got Tommy John, but we normally see an uptick in velocity when throwing in relief. So I don't know how much that's sticking around, but hey, let's say it's ninety two and he comes back, cool, that's great. One of the bigger weaker weakest points of Matthew Boyd was that fastball allowing long balls a lot. There was also the part where his slider wasn't nearly as good as it used to be, and we want to see that eighteen percent plus swing strike rate that it was in its prime. We didn't really see that before he got Tommy John. So hopefully he can return with that. And then there he was developing that changeup on top of it. that got us excited at the beginning of 2020. And then, you know, we didn't really get to see that come to fruition. So with Matthew Boyd, sleeper pick once again, maybe he does turn into that 25% plus strikeout arm. I don't really have much faith in it. I'm curious what we'll get out of spring. This is one of the more intriguing spring training pitchers, Matthew Boyd, because everyone just kind of says, oh, well, you were decent before, but you got hurt, and now we're just going to completely have zero faith in you. doesn't always work like that. So if he's performing well in spring training, has a good slider that he's showcasing a lot, has good quotes about it, <laughs> um, and is throwing hard, 92-93, sitting, not hitting, sitting, there might be some intrigue to start him against the Rays and just kind of see what happens. The other guy that they have is now Michael Lorenzen, 8-6 record last year, 97.2 innings, 4.24 ERA, 128 WHIP, 21% K rate and an 11% walk rate. I don't think that Mike Lorenzen is that bad. He's kind of just a Toby. His stuff kind of gets a little too hard. Hit too hard. His sinker does a lot. His slider doesn't earn enough strikes at the moment. The way I see it with Michael Lorenzen is there are times when his changeup and his slider miss a ton of bats. Uh, he sometimes just gets enough strikes also with the sinker and the cutter that allows him to uh, to survive. With the Tigers, he might get some good matchups against the, the Royals. Um, and the Royals... <laughs> it's not fun pitching for the Tigers when you don't get to face the Tigers. Uh, it is a more balanced schedule, and I really just see Michael Ransom being a streaming option when you need one. He will be able to go six innings when the Tigers let him pitch. I mean, he's starting to go, yeah, you... Can you do things? Great. Eat innings. All you want, Lorenzen. Um, the only problem is how effective are those going to be? So I see this as a weekend stream if you really need it. But yeah, I'm not going to be targeting Mike Lorenzen in drafts. In a draft and hold, not so bad because he would get that volume and allowed to do so in Detroit while not being so terrible. Look, 21% strikeout rate, a 424 ERA, and a 128 whip is not the worst thing we've seen. There is some upside for more. I don't really have too much faith in Lorenzen doing that. But there is, a, there is a possibility that it does work out, but yeah, not really a fan of Michael Lorenzen for my twelve teamers at all. Okay, this is actually the end now of this podcast for the Detroit Tigers. Thanks everybody for listening. Make sure you do uh, be on the lookout for Peel Pro that we are going to be showcasing at PitchCon um, later this month. Uh, that PitchCon is from se- September, January twenty fifth to twenty eighth. My gosh, Ex- enjoy it. One hundred percent of everything we donate during that is going to the ALS. Association cannot be more excited about it. So tune in for PitchCon. More details will be on the site. But that's it. So my name is Nick Pollock. May your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.